0: That's N-O-O-M to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is July 10th, and yes, we are talking about baseball. Why is this podcast coming out so early? Because I am flying off to Cape Cod tomorrow, and without doing the today's starters and tomorrow's starters that I need the early morning update for, well, I can do the, the roundup podcast, the Plus Pitch Podcast. After I finish the roundup, and let me tell you, there are some interesting things as we enter the break. There are no games for the next four days. It's going to be weird not writing a roundup for four straight days. Don't know how I feel about that. But Steven Matz going 5.1 innings of zero and runs, two hits, zero walks in nine strikeouts and 17 whips across 75 pitches with a 37% CSW. A what? I feel great about that one. 23% overall swing strike rate as Matz had his sinker at 95 miles per hour, not 94 as we previously see- saw this year. This is pretty dang cool. Curveballs were falling for strikes and changeups were down in arm side. I know it's the White Sox. But with these high strike rates and the extra whiffs and the more, you know, the increased velocity, it feels kind of good. And there's a chance that Mats gets the Marlins on Monday. If he happens to go in the weekend before, that would be the Nationals. I feel like you pick up Mats and you just see what happens maybe the velocity is still there maybe it just feels really good maybe the command is still there it should be a decent floor he should go about 85 pitches considering this one was 75 but yeah you can go and pick up Matt. It's pretty dang cool logan webb pitched the complete game shutout against the rockies on the road and that's amazing as well as we saw this fourth 50 count changeup game of this season this is the fourth time this year that he's thrown at least 50 changeups before this year Mike Miner was the last one to do that in 2019, which is kind of crazy. Uh, he had a 20% swing strike rate on the pitch, 36% CSW. The sinker called strikes, and the slider was whatever. Just trying to help as best as it could. It's kind of interesting to see Webb dominate really with two pitches. It should really only happen against uh, Rocky Road or some other horrifically bad team. But hey, enjoy the ten strikeouts. Enjoy these wonderful ratios. They absolutely count, and this is really cool for Logan Webb. Joe Musgrove had. Maybe I think his best start of the season. This is the most impressive one for me because it was against the Mets got the win six innings of shutout ball, three hits, zero walks, and seven Ks. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we saw 35% curveballs for 42% CSW. So this is interesting. He threw so many hooks. I normally don't see Musgrove go 30% um, on any pitch these days. It's usually 20, 25% across the board, across like five or six pitches, right? And we saw this curveball go for 35% of the time, but the next one was the slider that went 18 times for six whiffs. It's a 33% swing strike rate, and then a 56% CSW with an 83% strike rate. That's so good. I haven't seen a slider look good all year, and you located it perfectly at the bottom of the zone. I mean, it was just beautiful. Beautiful. And if Musgrove can just go those two pitches with this kind of dominance with any sort of consistency, that's it. That's that's all we need for Joe Musgrove to be amazing in the second half. And of course I dealt him away, and that's just how I work. But I love to see this. This is great. I mean, I have him in another league. It's just I need to get Sandy Alcantara and the legacy one, and I hope both of them do well. But this is this is great. I, I I've been dying all year for this to happen, and I'm just just so happy about it. Wade Miley. This is a lot of really interesting guys. Wade Miley against the Reds got the win. This was in Milwaukee, not in Cincy. Six shutout innings of four hits, three hits, sorry, three walks and eight strikeouts. And what's so interesting is it was cutters and four seamers each up at least two ticks, hinting at three, which is, whoa, that's a lot of velocity. We saw the increase of velocity last time and it stuck for a second straight start and he threw just cutters and four seamers for all but 12 pitches. Um, I mean, I should say fastballs, including the sinker. And four each of his changeup slider and curve. And it's interesting because normally Wade Miley does go heavy on the changeup as well. But hey, this was working and he just stuck with that. He likely will get the Reds again in Cincinnati. So I don't know if I really want to go for that. But I feel like Wade Miley throwing harder and still having the command that he used to have is just going to amplify what he already did and that's a cool thing so you might still want to pick up wade miley despite it being cincinnati despite the reds being this really hot offense at the moment jp sears against the red sox five innings zeroed runs one hit three walks and four strikeouts just five whiffs, 17 csw across 89 pitches and yeah it worked still i i don't know i don't really think that this is like the best command, or JPC is just demanding this outing, but whatever. I'm happy it worked out. Also, Paul Blackburn and Ken Ken Waldichuk came in relief because they both needed innings before the break, and Paulie punchouts didn't start as we expected on Saturday. I'm glad that he got his time and he's okay. Derek Scobell against the Jays. I didn't want to start him because we knew he'd be on a pitch count, and it was a Jays, but. He produced four innings, zero runs, two hits, two walks, and five Ks. I mean, not massively so, but hey, that helps. 10 whiffs, 30% CSW, and the good news here, the four-seamer, not only is it well-commanded at the top of the zone, but 95-96 on it, Hey all no, that velocity that we saw in that first start back is still here the secondaries need some help the change up in the curve and the slider are not precise yet but as long as that fastball staying upstairs and with the increased velocity it's going to be an amazing second half especially when those secondaries do click in for a given start the Pittsburgh Pirates had a bullpen game so whatever the Red Sox essentially had a bullpen game ever so whatever Chris Murphy tossed 67 pitches across three innings whatever who cares I do care about Patrick Corbin, I know that was not a reference to the room, but it could have been. Seven innings, one in run, five hits, one walk, and six strikeouts. Nine whiffs, twenty-six percent CSW. The slider had less movement as it was thrown harder, and it went forty-one percent CSW against the mighty, mighty Rangers. Kind of interesting. The fastballs, yeah, they weren't high CSW or whiff pitches. There weren't a lot of foul balls and outs in play, so maybe he wouldn't be so fortunate. Except. The command of those heaters was really good. He went around the edges a lot, too. And this might have been the best performance we've seen all year from Patrick Corbin. Something to think about. Maybe. We saw that four-start stretch, and then it was terrible for another, what, four or five starts. And now he's doing well again. I mean, he has a decent amount of quality starts. What is it, his 10th of the year? Something like that? It's, you know, with everything we talk about with Patrick Corbin... In 2022, I'd say about half of his starts were actually productive for your fantasy teams. Think about that. All these guys are major leaguers for a reason. And when you end the season with a 4-6 ERA or so, that doesn't mean you were just allowing three earned runs every single game, which, by the way, is still fine. It's that you have these games of two earned runs and two earned runs, and then you have like a six earned run game, right? So it's something to think about with it, right? You're on both sides of the coin. A game where you go three earned runs and then six... Sorry, 3 ERA and then a 6 ERA equates to a 4.5, but still for the same innings. Just, Just something to think about Patrick Corbin as like a dart throw because it's, yeah, the production still can be found there. Logan Gilbert had a very interesting game, and I want to talk about him, of course, and everyone else from Sunday's games after this break. Are you ready to step up to the plate and show off your fantasy baseball skills? Check out Underdog's Fantasy 7th Inning Stretch Tournament from now through July 14th, where you can build your dream team and compete against your friends for the $150,000 in total prizes. So what are you waiting for? Visit the link in the episode description and use promo code PITCHERLIST to receive 100% deposit match up to $100. Join us in the seventh inning stretch tournament and experience the thrill of fantasy baseball like never before on Underdog. Good luck and may the best team win. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 and older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncp. PGAMbling.org. in arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in new york call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY and in tennessee call 1-800-889-9789 logan gilbert against the astros in houston got the win seven innings wanted to run three hits zero walks six k's 18 whiffs 31 csw and we're like oh okay clearly the four seamer the splitter are back no <laughs> the uh the splitter was pretty much nothing um, the foul ball did well, but it had a really low, uh, CSW at 14%, uh, 14% clip, which is very bad, but it was really foul balls and outs and he, he did well with it. Wow. The slider was thrown more than his four-seamer. I don't think I'd ever see the day that Gilbert was throwing anything, but his four-seamer, as the number one thrown pitch but it was 38% sliders for 36% csw meanwhile the curveball 61% csw across 18th thrown what his secondaries his breakers were the winners this is logan gilbert man that's crazy and can you imagine it start where gilbert's four seamer goes like i don't know 35% csw while holding on to the slider and curveball doing this well maybe then he goes like 10 strikeouts and st- I, it's it's kind of wild but really the four seamer command was good and got the outs while the sliders and curveballs got the strikes and like that is how this worked but oh, that's pretty dang cool i'm um, kyle freeland against the Giants, 6.1 innings of one 100 run ball seven hits three walks zero k's how am i going to better my bread with this and he also was down two ticks on the four seamer slider as he ultimately left the game with a hurt shoulder uh, Ryan Yarbrough against the Guardians got the win. Six innings, one and in run, six hits, one walk, and five strikeouts. Good stuff from the Freddy Pirate. I mean, he was throwing 87 and under across everything. It's, I don't know, I have a deep appreciation for that, of figuring out a way to make it work despite not having that overwhelming stuff. But, uh, yeah, 10 over 25 curveball whiffs is not going to stick around. That is not a sustainable thing. So, hi, Ryan Yarbrough. This was nice. I'm happy you had a birthday party, but we move on. Domingo Herman against the Cubs. Six innings, one run, one hit, three walks, and nine strikeouts, as the curveball was elite, as it always is. But the changeup actually did well. Five over 19 whiffs, and that's good. So I like Domingo Herman as a pitcher for fantasy with a really good curveball, and hopefully the fastball and changeup are there on a given night. He gets the Angels next week. I don't know. I don't really love that. But yeah, I think you have to keep him rostered in 12-teamers. Ben Lively survived against the Brewers. 5.2 innings, 1-and-run, 4-hits, 2-walks, 5-Ks. If you remember when we got a little bit excited about Ben Lively, it was because he was throwing all these amazing sliders. Well, guess what? He threw 7 sliders. (laughs) 73% fastballs, though. For 3 over 55 whiffs, that's not what you want. And it's really a... uh, You know, I know they're coming in harder, around 2 ticks harder. But no, this is not the path to uh success for Ben Lively. He's not gonna become like a better Adrian Hauser or something like that. Yeah, I would not lean in on Ben Lively. Kyle Gibson got himself a golden goal because of course that's what life is. Despite having three starts combining for 15 earned runs. And what was it? I think over his last seven starts, all of them were at least three earned runs except one, which was two. He's just not been that guy that you really want to lean in on. But hey, Kyle Gibson went seven innings, 200 runs, three hits, one walk, 11 strikeouts. How did he do this? Well, of course, obviously, you just go nine over 23 whiffs and a 57% CSW on your sweeper. Duh. Oh, and also go a 24% swing strike rate on your changeup. I mean, how about a sinker at a 50% CSW? Like, that seems good. Oh, you know what? Maybe my Carter and my curve should go 70% strikes as well. Kyle Gibson, can you please just have this command and be this good all the time? That would be great. You obviously deserved the golden gold. This wasn't just luck. Like, you actually pitched well with everything in your repertoire. But this isn't what life is, right? This is just a lovely moment. I don't know. He could get the Marlins next Monday, right? Uh, but, yeah, yeah. You no, yeah, you can't. You can't, Kyle Gibson. I'm so sorry. Lucas Giolito has continued his really solid season. Um, 7 innings, 2 in runs 2 hits, 3 walks, and 5K. So what's really surprising to me about Lucas Giolito is he doesn't, he doesn't really have those stretches or those uh, back-to-back starts showcasing a new skill that gets me super excited about him. There's always a flaw in every single start. Here is... Heater was 93, which is fine. I'm okay with that. The changeup did really well with CSW, but it was kind of floated a ton, and the slider wasn't really a high CSW pitch, and it was just... All right, you made it work against the Cardinals who aren't really a strong team right now, but this isn't pristine Giolito, you know, and I don't know when we're ever going to see that, but he's been good enough. And I mean good enough as in like an SP3 for your fantasy teams. It's been really, really nice. So yeah, Giolito's good. It's just, uh, I really just hope that he can actually be his best self at some point. That'd be fun. Please do that. Hazel's lazardo has continued just dominating i know it's not shut out ball like it was his previous three starts each of them came with zero and runs so this one was 6.1 of two and runs but it was he got the win four hits one walk nine Ks. we will absolutely take this and what's kind of wild is the slider was not nearly as precise as we've seen and it's still earned a 44 csw some days you know it just goes that way 16 whiffs, 35 percent csw overall yeah we are big fans of Hazel's lazardo Zach Eflin against Atlanta, five innings, two earned runs, four hits, zero walks, and five Ks. He got the win. Even against Atlanta, Zach Eflin still pulls it out, so feel good about that one. Uh, Brandon Bilak against the Mariners, five innings, of two earned run ball, four hits, one walk, five Ks, but the changeup was a really low CSW amount, and, and they hung a good, good uh, you know, for a couple hits as well, and yeah, it just doesn't really seem too exciting, and if Bylack does get a start, in the next pass as the number five, he'd be in cores. So you can just move on from Brandon Bilac Zach Davies against Pittsburgh went 5.1 innings of 300 runs, four hits, two walks, and six Ks. No, I have no interest in that. Uh, Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> um, I just don't want to chase Zach Davies on my fantasy teams. Uh, Chris Bassett against the Tigers was very disappointing. Four innings, 300 runs, nine hits, and crossed 89 pitches, zero walks, and four Ks. He was up in velocity, and his sinker's doing what it's supposed to do, getting a lot of called strikes. It's just nothing in the secondary department. Even the four-seamer, that has been a nice whiff pitch as he elevates it, especially in two-strike counts, went over 18 CSW! Zero percent! Oh man, uh, the slider and cutter, which have been kind of the calling card for him the past year or two, yeah, not very good itself. It's a situation where we can't really buy into Chris Bassett as this de- uh, dependable holly anymore. And yeah, he had that 12 strikeout game, but that obviously is not who he is. So if you see something in this upcoming weekend where in your head-to-head leagues, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there's something that you really need to push you over the edge to get that win. Yeah, Chris Bassett might need to be the sacrifice for that. I'm not, you know, I I don't think we're at a point where Chris Bassett is just obviously going to turn it around in the second half. I'm sure he's going to have some great starts and maybe he is... Very well worthwhile as like an SP three or four. That's like the ceiling, I think, for the second half. But there's a good possibility that Chris Bassett just kind of is a hipster that is a headache inducing pitcher, stifling the entire roster for the rest of the season. Shane Bieber could also be that against the Royals. He went 6.1 innings of forward runs, nine hits, zero walks, and six Ks. The slider is everything to me, and he went just one for 11 little whiffs in that. We've really, really seen like one good start in the past month with that Bieber slider. While the curve did step in, it kind of feels like stepping in for the strike. Like, oh, well, that's not working. I guess I'm going to try and come in. And uh, 40% CSW across 20 curveballs is good. I don't really think that this is going to last, though, as often as it is. Don't be a scab and all that kind of stuff, right? Like, this curve is not going to replace the slider. And I just don't think that Shane Bieber is the same guy that he used to be. Do we hold on to him? Look, if he gets the Pirates next Monday, I don't know how the Guardians are going to set up their rotation. Uh, If he's in the first three games, that's the Rangers. If it's the Pirates, that's good. I don't want to start Bieber against the Rangers. I'd start him against the Pirates. Aaron Nola disappointed, once again, against the Marlins. Six innings, four and runs, eight hits, zero walks, and six strikeouts. Yeah, the command that we saw in the last start, not present. Nope, get out of here. Why? I don't know. Aaron Nola would be better. (laughs) It's so annoying. I want to see sinker's arm side. I want to see four seamers glove side. I want to see curveballs down. Like, that's the rule. That's the rule. I know you're throwing a harder with an extra tick on your fastball and about two ticks on the curve, but if you can't locate it, then like... It's just going to be this. It's just so frustrating. Kyle Hendricks actually did well here, I think, against the Yankees. It was 5.2 innings of and runs, 10 nits, 0 walks, and 5 Ks, but honestly, the same skill that we've seen of good sinker locations, good change of locations is still there. So I think he got a little single down, and there was a... It was also a careful Icarus as he allowed 300 runs in that sixth inning. He also allowed a home run from Volpe on a good sinker inside at 87. I think it was like right on the edge of the plate inside, and Volpe did a good job being that one out, but that's good stuff from Hendricks, so... I'd hold steady with Hendricks here. Dane Dunning against the Nationals. A lot of people are really in on Dane Dunning and that seemed like a slam dunk. Well, 5.2 innings, four and runs, seven hits, two walks and four Ks. And the way I see Dunning is that he's kind of like Chris Bassett in that he's super reliant on sinker called strikes. And then hopefully the secondaries are good enough. With Bassett, we've actually seen promise in those secondaries. I haven't seen that promise in Dane Dunning's secondaries and they really weren't very good here. So yeah, I don't have much interest going after Dane Dunning. Max Scherzer against the Padres. Really annoying. I mean, he had a poor line, but it was 15 whiffs and 35% CSW. It's just kind of one of those nights. Just how it goes. You just keep starting. Nothing is sending off alarm bells for me thinking that Scherzer now is cooked or something like that. Well, it stinks and you move on. Same really with Joe Ryan. 4.1 innings of five earned runs, 5 hits, 2 walks, 10 Ks. It's super frustrating when we finally got 25 sweepers for a 36% CSW. And what do you know? The fastball gets hit that's insane to me okay well two home runs that's what happens what are you gonna do and bryce elder against the rays yeah i mean it was against the rays i know it was really bad 3.1 innings of seven runs six hits four walks and zero k's i mean if there's ever a start for you to throw away it's this one however i have been saying as every analyst will that bryce elder is a sell high and blah 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 because yeah the sinker and slider are not that amazing But uh, I can't really say, like, the Magic is over against the Rays and this obviously off night, right? You gotta give him one more. Just one more start for Bryce and then you can take it from there. Cool? Cool. All right, that is it for today's podcast. I will continue to have these on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday and Friday despite no uh, games being played. I have some fun ideas for what I want to do for those podcasts so definitely make sure that you subscribe to the channel and all that kind of stuff. Is that a thing? Channels, do we call it that? I don't know. Thanks so much for your support. And uh, yeah, enjoy the early podcast. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock. I May mean, your babbles be low and your strikeouts high.